This is the History of the World podcast, Illuminati Debrief. Hello everyone, welcome to the History of the World podcast debrief. Thank you very much for staying on and joining me here for this little extra bit of bonus material. Now, I like to sort of freestyle these uh, these little debriefs and uh, initially what I tend to do is talk about um, the source material used for the publication of this or the writing of this particular episode. Now, we're getting into the Mongols and one particular book which I found very, very good and uh, it's one I've used before is The Mongol Empire by John Mann. I'm going to reach out and grab it now. I'm just going to have a look at it. Um, lots of fantastic reviews. Of course, of course, all, all books have these fantastic reviews, don't they? Um, written on the front of them. Uh, Mongol Empire, Chinggis Khan, his heirs and the founding of modern China. Uh, but very interesting, uh, nonetheless, in terms of getting some more deeper information. You know, you can look online for stuff. But there's nothing quite like a book written by an individual who is passionate about what he's writing about. So that was a very good um, that was a very good book in terms of gathering some little specialist bits of information, uh, especially about the you know it's quite interesting to read what different sources say about what the different um, the different tribute that Emperor Xuanzong gave to Chenghis Khan in order to lay off the, the initial siege in 1214. It's quite interesting to read what different sources say about that. There's something to do with the amount of silk, um, if rolled out in a straight line, would have stretched for 90 kilometres or something daft like that. I've read that somewhere. I can't, can't remember where I wrote that from. And also um, a number of children were handed over as well. You know, that must have been quite a you know something quite significant mustn't it in terms of um a, an event really I, I i can't fathom that in my mind um but um yeah very interesting indeed to to read about that and uh, thank you to john mann for that book um one that i always refer to for these battle episodes if indeed it is featured within the book is uh the it's a very nicely written book by Richard Overy called A History of War in a Hundred Battles. And Richard displays a very good general knowledge of history and historical events and historical timelines uh, when he's writing these uh, these little... And it's, it's just a brief bit about the battle, but it really helps to put everything into context and um, allows me uh, the ability to sort of frame um you know some of my work really some of the work that I write and you know I sort of often use it as a guide um to look up the right things look up the things of relevance in terms of the particular battle that we're writing about and um the the other source that I used is um and I've I've spoken about these on numerous occasions um are these bookazines and this particular one is from the makers of the magazine all about history it's just called Chinggis Khan and the Mongol Empire um but these are so well written by experts who are obviously very much um experts in their field i think a lot of these modern history magazines 
you know, um, a lot of good writers and uh, historians get the opportunity to write um, some really good stuff with the help of some very expert editors um, who are able to obtain some very good imagery. And so it really brings to life history. The the magazines that you see in shops are, you know, are unignorably uh, good when it comes to sort of really looking deeper into aspects of history. And these bookazines are often sold in the, in the bookshop WH Smith's, uh, which um, I think I mentioned in a previous debrief uh, is a, a chain of a stationery and bookshop chain in in the UK. Um, some of these, you know, like I've got a, a shelf on my bookshelf, like dedicated to magazines and bookazines, really. So um, yeah, very very uh, useful in terms of organising the episode and triangulating information. So um, I've got a lot to be thankful for. Now then, the other thing I've I've sort of done something different as well in retur- in regards to um, the bibliography. So I tried to keep the bibliography up to date. Uh, certainly there were the three books there that I mentioned that um, contributed towards the material of this episode. But of course, there's so much in terms of online resources. And I think I recently um, mentioned that I used... Uh, the Bing search engine that is powered by ChatGPT, and it's uh, they call it Bing Copilot these days. So if you if you're looking for information about anything, try Bing Copilot because it's a very powerful um, AI search engine. If you could call it a search engine, it talks to you like uh, in a conversation form about anything that you want to know about. But it also gives uh, links. Uh, that relate to the information that it provides. And uh, alongside the three books that I've written, let me count them up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. There's 14 web links that I've used uh, also to gather information uh, about this episode. And it might not even necessarily be about the battle. Often the battle episodes, I try and talk a little bit about the the history of the geographical region as well. And so there's a number of links there about the history of uh, Beijing, the Chinese capital, and uh, how it's changed over the years. And of course, uh, it's quite it's quite useful with, with me not having a book about the history of Beijing in my library. Uh, it's quite useful to be able to find that sort of stuff online. So um, in terms of, and I've always thought to myself, it's it's highly validating to have um, a bibliography or a reference section, and, and pretty much most books, uh, most factual writing these days, um, is very much judged on the quality of the bibliography. And um, the bibliography that I have on on for this podcast is really just a list of books. And so if you're listening to a particular episode of which there's been very, very many now, you might not have any idea how to find out um, what books have been my source material for that specific episode. You can certainly see what books I've used in the construction of the podcast generally, but of course the podcast is almost six years old. So 
you can imagine it, it's, it would probably be like looking for a needle in a haystack now, finding out which book has contributed towards a particular episode. So what I, what I think I'm going to do going forward, um, those of you who are familiar with the website, the historyoftheworldpodcast.com website, will know that there are sections to that website, um, but also the front page acts as a blog. And the only thing I really post on that blog um, are maps that relate to the episodes. And, and that's gone awry recently. I've certainly not posted um, nearly as many maps as I should have done. And so the most recent sort of 50 episodes don't have a map, uh, which is something I hope to change going forward as I... Uh, as I'm able to devote more time. But also the one thing I can do on that blog is post a bibliography for the episode that I've just done. So if you go to the historyoftheworldpodcast.com website now, you should see that there is a blog entry detailing the three books that I've used for this episode, the ones that I've just told you about, and the 14 web links as well. So you're able to go and have a look at the all of the information, all of the sources that I've used in order to write the episode that you've probably just listened to. So there you go. Um, and what I can probably do is on the volume lists that list all of the episodes that uh, relate to the timeline of the History of the World podcast, I can add that bibliography post, that blog post uh, onto the episode as a as a link in the same way that I do for the maps and and even for the YouTube videos that uh, Nick Barksdale of the study of antiquity in the Middle Ages made uh, pretty much for the first and second volumes of the podcast. So just a bit of additional information uh, to almost validate the episodes that are written and give you the opportunity to explore further about the material that you've just listened to, which uh, often can be the case. Um, I suppose the other thing that I wanted to talk about before I, I leave you again for another week, um, it's the end of an era for the History of the World podcast. Now, what I'm doing, I'm moving about there in my chair... And you'll notice that there's comparatively less noise. And that's because I have uh, I have brought a new chair. So the squeaky chair that has been quite iconic in the History of the World podcast, the one that has been used for the last, I don't know, maybe four or five years, has been dismantled and is uh, this week is going to the uh, the great office chair um, dump in the sky and uh, so it's a sad moment and the end of an era so goodbye to that chair a, a funny story actually I, I went to the same shop uh, as I bought the squeaky chair from uh, to buy another chair um, office chairs are quite expensive I don't know if, you, if you've ever bought an office chair you like they're, they're quite expensive aren't they for, for what they are just to, you know all you want is a chair um, a simple piece of furniture nothing too elaborate um, and often I find they're, they're worth over a hundred pounds um, which um, you'll have to go and look that up if you're not familiar with British currency as, as many of you won't be um, but um, yeah, that's a lot of money to go and pay for a chair, I think. Um, 
But, however, I went to the, I went back to the shop which I bought the squeaky chair from, and uh, I found another chair. It was just, you know, it was just there. For, it, was, it was one construct. You have to put them together, of course. But there was one that was already put together, so I gave it a try. I parked my bum in the seat, had a little bit of a wriggle around to see if I could, um, you know, if I could put up with it for any length of time. Obviously, recording this podcast means I've got to sit still for an hour or two, uh, so I need it to be somewhat comfortable. Uh, yeah, I quite liked it. I got it home, put it together, and then suddenly... Um, I found a USB lead and I thought, well, what's that doing there? Well, I plugged it in and lo and behold, the chair lit up like a Christmas tree. Um, and um, I thought, wow, that's that's something pretty special. Um, and it was, you know, it was under £100. So having this additional feature of a very exciting looking chair not just comfortable but exciting looking um and i paid less than i might have done for a, a similar chair that that didn't light up and, and make everything look uh, quite christmasy or or novel uh, so you know that's so an added bonus i suppose so we've upgraded the chair here at the history of the world podcast not only is it comfortable but it also lights up all the colors of the rainbow anyway that's it so uh, I'll end on that very light note um, in more than one respect. Um, not just, you know, light humoured, but also um, lighting up the room, I suppose. But um, that's it. And uh, next time, of course, it'll be uh, History of the World podcast magazine. Uh, but thanks for listening again and be sure to be good. <laughs>